Hey, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another episode, season 13, episode 2, for those on the podcast and here on the YouTube channel. So it's our new Human Nurture series. We're going to be talking about uh, sacred genders, personal sovereignty, etc. And uh, tonight's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, or defining, you know, how does the sacred masculinity work? And what that means and uh, yeah before I go into that though I would like to add a preface as well as a clarification based on the first episode of this season season 13 some statements that I made about Jordan Peterson apparently some of the uh, audience uh, was either happy about what I said or unhappy about what I said so for the sake of clarification, I want to further define my stance on Jordan Peterson as it currently is. It's not to say it couldn't change. I mean, if I had the opportunity to straight ask him to his face, hey, what's your stance on globalization and globalism in the present? And what is your opinion on it in the future? And is that something that you believe humanity would want to do in total? And just to hear his response on that, fair enough. I'd be happy with his coming from his own mouth in that regard. But here is my stance. Do I, do I agree with Jordan Peterson's uh, stance on personal sovereignty, individuality, and the mature masculine, as well as his contributions to the men's movement? The answer to that question is yes. In fact, it is such a yes that I would actually recommend people read 12 Rules for Life. And in fact, some of the uh, uh, men that I have coached so far here at csjoseph.life uh, with my coaching practice, it is one of the books on the required reading list. It is what I recommend. Now, I don't always recommend it all the time, but I do recommend it as one of the primers or at least a book about manhood for beginners, right? And we kind of start with that. Some of the men that are more advanced, I don't necessarily need to recommend that book because they got it pretty figured out, uh, in, at least in that regard. So again, I don't have a problem with his stance on personal sovereignty or the mature masculine or individuality. I just don't. And in fact, I agree with him. My issue is, is that I am concerned that he may be a globalist, and if he is actually a globalist, that would mean that his views on globalism and his views on the mature masculine would technically be diametrically opposed, which would make him conflicted, right? Uh, which could have a risk of hurting his credibility, and that could be a bad thing, right? So why do I have this stance about globalism? It stems back from a couple of his lectures. He talks, there's one uh, lecture he delivered in the Netherlands about how he maintains that uh, globalism has failed in the past, which I agree with. But he doesn't say anything about how globalism would work in the present and uh, how globalism would work in the future. He doesn't say anything about that. Kind of skirts the issue a little bit. Now, of course, when you're someone famous, as famous as Jordan Peterson, you gotta be careful what you say because you don't necessarily want to offend your audience, right? I mean, 
I wish I had figured that out because I offend my audience every day, right? Well, I mean, that's just who I am. I'm not gonna change who I am for the sake of the narrative or for making people not have a negative reaction going, my feelings, because I don't care about feelings when it comes to the truth. I will be very happy to sacrifice the feelings of this audience for the sake of telling this audience the truth. Because logos beats pathos and it beats ethos, in my opinion. Like, I value logos much higher than that. And that's just how it goes. And to be honest, I do maintain that Jordan Peterson would agree with me on that. My gut tells me he might be an INTP, but who knows? Um, I, I'm, I'm really pulling for INTP for Jordan Peterson right now, based on his interaction style. He's definitely informative. He seems behind the scenes, very responding. He seems very control to me. And he's an intellectual NT, ergo INTP. That's how I've arrived at that uh, conclusion. So, uh, so being that he's like an NTP bro, I totally understand that we would have a lot of, you know, equal footing, but just the globalism thing just becomes a concern. I, I watched another lecture of him actually, where he's talking about how the European Union is doomed to fail, for example, you know, from a globalistic perspective and how it's in, it's negatively impacting the individual. And then he's like, and then he was either asked or the idea came up about nationalism and how nationalism is actually very relatable. And, however, he did not believe that nationalism is actually some way, um, it's not really some way in which, uh, you know, could be beneficial for personal sovereignty. In fact, he's very anti-nationalism as well. Now, some have argued that's because he's very pro-personal sovereignty and he does not believe that nationalism can exist at the same time as personal sovereignty. I have to disagree with him on that point because... There was a time when the United States of America was very nationalistic, but they also valued personal sovereignty above, right? And based on the American experiment alone, and you know the existence of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the Revolutionary War, even technically the Civil War and the results of the Civil War, one could actually argue that personal sovereignty, you know, was valued. Of course, then again you get into the talk about, okay, well, hold on, what about African-Americans and their rights? You know what I mean? That's another discussion, but I totally know what you're saying about that. Uh, but it still is important for any group of people to be focused on their personal sovereignty. And, you know, I'm not against, I'm not against nationalism, provided that nationalism is not impacting uh, the personal sovereignty of the person. We have to prioritize personal sovereignty over every other political view. Completely. Over every other political view. But then again, you run the risk. And this is another thing that Jordan Peterson said. Uh, you know, you won't have equality if you're free. If you want equality, then you're not free. So think about that for a second. If we're supposed to make sure everyone is equal, then no one has any freedom. If we want to make sure everyone is free, then people are definitely not equal. That's the difference. That's the difference when it comes to personal sovereignty. And I do absolutely maintain Jordan Peterson understands personal sovereignty and is preaching it pretty well. But in the context of a macro-level geopolitical system, I am concerned that his views on personal sovereignty do not potentially match with his uh, macro-level geopolitics. I'm not sure, and 
It's just a conflict that I have. It's my one criticism of him at this time. That's it. You know, other people criticize him for being a charlatan, which I don't think he is, you know, and other people criticize him about being, you know, lackadaisical or not able to employ enough logos, too much ethos, which I kind of disagree with him on that. They would accuse him of not having enough ethos. Okay, you know, where's your reference points? Where's your sources? You're very dry about this or you're very milk toast about this. I could see that, but that criticism doesn't bother me at all. I, I really don't care because I get criticized that way all the time. So anyway, why is this relevant? I wanted to make that distinction, or at least that preference, that clarification moving forward. Uh, I'm not here to say that Jordan Peterson doesn't know what he's talking about when, he, when it comes to the mature masculine or personal sovereignty. I'm not saying that at all. I just have an issue about potential globalist leanings. And if that's the case, and it kind of seems like it to me, uh, based on what lectures I have seen and research that I've done and interviews I've seen him in, uh, I'm not entirely inclined to, you know, I, I just see a conflict is my point. So anyway, so let's get on to the, uh, after that small monologue, let's do the main monologue, right? Where I'm going to be lecturing about uh, the mature masculine. How does sacred masculinity actually work, right? So let's, let's start that right now. Um, yeah, nine minutes in, we actually start to the main content of this episode. Great. Uh, anyway, what is sacred masculinity? Uh, so sacred masculinity comes actually from uh, the Egyptians. The Egyptian culture really fleshed it out back in the day. Of course, you know, this is when the feminists will start saying that, you know, well, back in Egypt, you know, women didn't have any rights, etc. Mm, that's not necessarily true, actually. Uh, there's actually some research to say that women actually had a much better role in ancient Egypt uh, than a lot of cultures around the world today. And of course, the role of women, the role of the feminine was much different than it was. Sure, they could still argue that it was a very much a patriarchal society. Okay, yeah, but that doesn't excuse that doesn't change the fact that they knew what they were doing when it came to understanding, you know, masculine and feminine roles. I mean, the majority of the world has existed under patriarchy, you know, and now in the modern era we were dealing with, you know, mass rampant feminism, you know. So, okay, what's what's the truth? Just because the system, the macro, is patriarchy or feminism doesn't mean that we can't have understanding of masculinity or femininity. I mean, why would we even bother if that was the case, right? So don't tell me that just because there's a patriarchal system or a feministic system that we can't understand the genders. I, that's a logical fallacy. Don't even go there with me. So anyway, sacred masculinity. Sacred masculinity is very, um, it's really focused on the big things. Uh, what I mean by big things, the, the challenging things, the challenging things of life, the sacred masculine is focused on the challenge because life is a challenge. The masculine is also focused on being whole or complete. When a man dies, he wants to die without regrets. He wants to die feeling complete and feeling whole or holy, right? A man must reach a point where the sacred masculine has grown so much that he feels holy when he draws his last breath. Holy meaning 
complete and lacking nothing. That's all holy actually means. You know, me unholy and unholiness, all that means is being incomplete. They just want to die a complete man. So in order to die a complete man, obviously you got to reach enlightenment, which means you have you better have mastery over, you know, sacred masculinity, right? So the sacred masculine is focused on the big things of life, um, the big challenges of life, you know, perhaps that's growing a company, perhaps that's doing well in the military, perhaps that's becoming some crazy, uh, you know, acrobat or someone who is really good at racing cars and wins titles. Maybe they're like Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson, you know, they, they just really have to have courage and take on the challenge or any challenge of life, those big challenges, right? So the mature masculine focuses on those things. It's also important that based on that, based on the challenge that the mature masculine does not allow itself to become afraid. Fear is the mind killer, according to Frank Herbert in his books about Dune, right? Which I don't often recommend fiction, but that is some fiction that everyone that draws breath on this earth should probably read. Fear is the mind killer. And if you're living in your fears, like it's the sharpest definition of the man is his fears. You need to get out of your fears. You have to, because if you're living in your fears, you're not going anywhere in life. You are at risk of stagnating and you are at risk of not giving your deepest gift. You find yourself, you find yourself being held down. Uh, uh, you find yourself waiting, right? Waiting for ease waiting for women, waiting for riches, waiting for good things happening to you. Like, I got to tell you, that's a lie. You know, the, this whole thing that good things come to those who wait, mm, it's not really true. Actually, good things come to those who are diligent. And there is something Jesus said about this, you know. You know, a man who has a lot or a man who has everything or a man who, you know, a man who has much more will be given to him. But a man who has little to nothing, that will be taken from him, right? So Jesus said that. It's like, okay. So I guess that means that the whole, you know, I am my brother's keeper by, you know, what liberals tell me I should behave or what right-wingers tell me I shouldn't behave. Like, you know, I guess those ideologies are incorrect because according to Jesus, you know, if you have much, more will be given to you. If you have little, that too will be taken away from you, right? Why? It's because it's about personal growth. It's about personal sovereignty. It's because you're not growing. Because the mature masculine is supposed to rise to the challenge. It is supposed to grow. The only proof of life that exists is growth, right? Personal growth. What about it? Why don't you have personal growth? It's because you're too busy waiting, right? It's because you're afraid. You're supposed to have courage. It's all about courage. The mature masculine is all about courage. You can't reach any of the four archetypes of the mature masculine, king, warrior, magician, lover, until you have courage. And it's not that you're fearless. You have fear every day. It's just that you are making decisions in spite of your fear. That you are willing to fail every single day. I say this all the time to SE heroes because they're so insecure about what they want. ESTPs and ESFPs. I just tell them, just want things. 
and let yourself want things and then do those things. And if you fail, you learn a huge lesson and you move on to the next one and keep failing over and over and over. Failure is the best teacher. Each failure becomes another step towards success. By being afraid and not failing means you're not learning, you're not gaining wisdom, and you'll never succeed in your life. How about you just fail, okay? Seek failure because seeking failure is what will bring you success. I cannot comfort you into wisdom, okay? If you need wisdom, which everyone needs wisdom, because wisdom is the most valuable substance on this planet. There's nothing more valuable than wisdom. You can have anything you want if you are wise. Let me say that again. You can have anything you want. Riches, women, cars, doesn't matter. A loving family, the appreciation or the regard or the respect of your fellow men. You can have anything if you are wise, but you will not gain wisdom if you're afraid of failure. The mature masculine, it's about challenge. You need to rise to the challenge. So a lot of my mature masculine definition, I mean, it stems from King Warrior, Magician Lover by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. It also stems from David Data. He wrote The Way of the Superior Man. It's an amazing uh, book that I recommend you all read. Don't really care for the breathing exercises, though. Really don't care. But when it comes to uh, what he said, his definitions of ma masculinity and femininity are absolutely true. Absolutely 100% true. Not only that, he's an INFJ. That TI child absolutely knows what he's talking about. And it is a fantastic read. I highly recommend it. I was really skeptical at first when I started reading it, but after after like putting it into practice and doing what it says and actually taking time to analyze and testing and experimenting, absolutely true. My only issue is that some of the things he says is more geared towards NFJs and NFPs and maybe some NTPs. It's very N-focused, so you know the, the S-focused audience may not necessarily resonate with what he says, but they could if you're just patient with them. So, but yeah, I highly recommend you read uh, The Way of the Superior Man. So, another thing about the mature masculine, something that David Data talks about is your deepest gift. Men, you have to understand that you exist to give a gift. You have a gift, a seed of greatness put inside of you. And that seed of greatness, that responsibility, this mantle of responsibility, this... Uh, this um, the strength, uh, this deepest gift that you have, you exist to give it to the world and your fellow man, right? Now, there's this thing where, you know, you get in a relationship with a woman, we talked about it and how intimate relationships actually work, that playlist here on the YouTube channel or on the podcast. We talked about that, and in that discussion, we're like, you know, women have this problem where they expect you to worship them, and if you buy into worshiping them, they end up sabotaging their own relationship because you decided to all of a sudden worship them, and then they're the number one important thing to you in your life, men, right? And then you worship them and give them what they ask for, and then all of a sudden they start losing respect for you, and then because they're being disrespectful, you become more unloving to them, and then their relationship falls apart. And then the women sabotage the relationship. But your responsibility was to not worship them. Because, men, you have to understand, life is about your deepest gift. 
and you have to give it others to others give it freely right give it to people out of love why else do you think i do this podcast or youtube channel i do probably four or five lectures a week right now i spend a lot of time and money doing this this is my gift this is my deepest gift that i'm giving to all of you i'm not charging for it i mean it's getting to the point soon where i'll charge for some of it for some of the really specialized stuff as well as charging for coaching but the majority of everything that i'm doing the foundational stuff the general stuff the stuff that everyone needs i make that available for free it's important to me that everyone in the world has the chance at knowing this knowledge and bettering themselves having better relationships with their fellow man right knowing themselves knowing themselves right knowing others really knowing them to solve the problem of fatherlessness I exist to put a stop to fatherlessness because fatherlessness is what is destroying first world culture. It destroys any culture. I mean, there's a reason why Nineveh doesn't exist anymore, right? You know, you talk about the prophet Jonah. Wow, I'm using a lot of biblical references right now, but it's not intentional. The point is, I mean, come on, I was, I was raised by a pastor. So I'm a pastor's kid. Of course, I'm going to use what I know in certain cases. So the point is, you have to have your deepest gift. Well, Mr. Joseph, I don't know what my deepest gift is. Oh, maybe that's because you haven't developed the four pillars of self-intimacy. And maybe you should watch the four pillars of self-intimacy playlist here on the YouTube. There's like eight lectures in it. Watch that. And then as a result of completing the four pillars and loving your neighbor as yourself and complete and observing life rule number one, above all else, respect thyself, you will have your deepest gift. And remember, your deepest gift and your mission in life takes the utmost priority, even a higher priority than your woman, your children, your family, everything. It is the higher priority. And here's the thing. If you get with a woman and you stop working on your deepest gift, she'll lose respect for you. She doesn't want you to do that. She doesn't want you to worship her. I mean, maybe the immature women do. The women are kind of, who don't really get it, right? The women who probably end up with uh, many different, uh, you know, a, a vast array of, you know, inherit a vast array of problems, you know, or potentially lovers for that matter. Not that men don't do this. Men who are not living in their deepest purpose do that all the time. I mean, look at ESTPs and, or even STPs and their risk of nymphomania. That's just one example where that vice can get so bad, right? You guys gotta understand, you have to live out your deepest purpose. You have to share it with others. You have to give it to other people. It is super mega important. It is the apex of what the mature masculine is. And you get it through King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. And you get that by esteeming yourself and never ceasing. You have to keep esteeming yourself for your entire life. Forever. And never stop growing and never stagnate. Ever. If you do, your woman will lose respect for you. But it's like the feminine world, the feminine environment. David Data says that the physical environment here on this planet is the feminine. Right? And it's our masculine relationship with the feminine, right? The beauty of it all, right? If you are not 
living by your deepest purpose and instead worshiping the feminine as your primary focus, well, the feminine will lose respect for you and the feminine will spit you out. Kind of like Jonah got spit out of a giant fish. Weird how that works. Don't be that guy. I had a similar experience with that where I worshiped the feminine. Cost me 10 years of my youth. Cost me my entire 20s. My entire 20s. Gone. Squandered. I'll never make that mistake again. I'm in my 30s now. I've done a complete 180 degrees. I will not allow it to happen. Mature masculine. You have to give your deepest gift. And it is the highest priority. Even above your woman. Even above your family. You have to see your mission through. You may not know what it is, that's fine. Develop the four pillars of self-intimacy. As soon as you do, the final pillar, which is your personal goals, that will become the first inkling as to what your deep purpose is, your deepest purpose, your deepest gift, right? A man of purpose. A man who rises to the challenge. A man who picks the challenge that he desires to solve. My challenge is to prevent fatherlessness. Because... You know, in the last days, you will turn the hearts of children to their fathers and the hearts of fathers to their children. That's who I am. That's what I am doing by having this YouTube channel or this podcast. Because I am tired of the fatherlessness. And if we do not solve the problem of fatherlessness, we will lose everything we have. This entire society, all of it will collapse. It will be gone with the wind. It will be dust in less than one generation. But, you know, I'm probably just a raving lunatic at this point. The fatherlessness is costing a huge, huge toll on everything, every aspect of what it means to be human. You know, this whole idea of having, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We won't have that opportunity anymore if we cannot fix the fatherlessness. And the only way to fix the fatherlessness, gentlemen, is... By repairing, saving, restoring, redeeming the mature masculine and bringing it back. And finally having men, real men, men of personal sovereignty, men of honor, integrity, duty, willpower. These real men. And then where men lead, women follow. That's why it is so important to bring the mature masculine back. And then once we have it, and we're focused on these challenges, the big things of life, then our world can change. And then the fatherlessness will be no more. Then we finally know who we are. We have our identity. Jordan Peterson talks about identity. And Jordan Peterson is saying, we've lost the mature masculine because we've lost our identity. He's 100% correct. He's absolutely right. It's about our identity. Because if you're if you don't know your father, you, you have an empty hole in you, and it's like, well, who am I? Why else do children get their names from their fathers? It's their identity. Children get their identities from their fathers. They don't get it from their mothers. And now, of course, you know, the feminists at this point get all upset at me, to which I say, well, if you want gender equality, racial equality, or any equality at all, then you don't get to be free. Remember... You can have freedom, but no equality. Or, you can have equality, but no freedom.
That's a fact. And I'm sorry to say it. So, what I decide is best in this world is to have that freedom without equality, but then as a result of recognizing that no one really is truly equal, that we have mutual respect for our fellow men, right? That mutual respect. And then as a result of having that mutual respect, right, we see that there are other people, other cultures, other societies, other communities that are just not at your level or maybe they're above yours and you just respect them for that and you just let them be, let them grow. And they respect you and they allow you to grow and they do not inhibit you and you're not inhibiting them because it's a culture of mutual respect. Let's do, let's, let's zoom into like the micro, what that looks like for men. The mature masculine, you need to have relationships with other men because as iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another. If you are really a man, you will not allow your friends to live in mediocrity. Do not allow your friends to live in mediocrity. The, the mature masculine is all about not letting your friends live in mediocrity. And men, you know, and then hopefully your man friends, right? Your male friends are not allowing you to live in mediocrity either. That is the standard. You need to live in your edge. Living in your edge means you're sharp, right? You have an edge to you. You're edgy, right? I'm edgy. I'm very sharp. And as iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another. And I fill my life with a lot of real men as friends who hold me accountable. And I hold them accountable every single day. So it keeps you sharp. What keeps your edge? It allows you to face your fears. Instead of being dominated by them like all the man children are. Don't be like the man children. You know, the man children who are contributing to the problem of fatherlessness instead of solving that problem. My son, he's about to turn seven years old. You know, and I, and I regret that our family is, is broken, but there's nothing I could do about it. I had to break it up because I had to have self-respect. But I'm not going to abandon him. I am going to raise him. And then he's going to take up this mantle of responsibility that I have. And when I pass it on to him, this legacy, and he will be the authority and he will move our family forward. And hopefully he can continue the legacy of solving the problem of fatherlessness, the problem of the absent mature masculine in our world, where he can be an example of the mature masculine because when he comes of age, I want to be able to respect him. But even more than that, I want him to be able to respect me. So, that's it for this lecture, season 13, episode two. If you have any questions about the mature masculine or would like to continue the discussion about Jordan Peterson, leave it in the comments. Uh, I'd be happy to answer those questions or, uh, or further talk about what we've been talking about. Uh, if you found this video educational, helpful, insightful, please subscribe to the channel and uh, leave a like as well. Also subscribe on the podcast as well. It's pretty awesome. And, uh, Got many more uh, human nurture lectures of this particular season, season 13, so we're going to get to them. And I believe I'm going to be filming another uh, another uh, human nature uh, lecture tonight. So with that, I'll see you guys tonight.